Welcome to Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison. Today on the broadcast, I have author Janet Grillo, who penned the book, God Promised Me Wings to Fly. Thank you for joining me today, Janet. No, oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. I'm very excited about this. Well, Janet, I want to know the life of Janet Grillo. Tell me how you come to know Jesus Christ and your journey with him. Well, you know what? I thought I had a really good connection with him ever since I was a child, but I found him or I found myself becoming closer to him after the tragic death of my husband. And so in um, December 13th, 2001, my husband died tragically. To this day, I don't know if it was a suicide, assisted suicide, suggested suicide or murder. After he died, I found out if he, that he was living a double life and possibly another wife, and also had connections to the mafia, so or alleged connections to the mafia. So I guess allegedly I was a mafia wife and didn't know it. Um, after he died, 55 family members of his walked away from me, uh, almost like in a conspiracy, um, because they just didn't like the questions I was asking. So uh, needless to say, it put me into a fetal position and I stayed in that position for a very long time. But then I thought, you know what? I, I don't understand any of this. My husband died. This was a man who called me twice a day and told me he loved me. Um, I had no once in the world. I was t totally taken care of, even though I had my own business. I was a fine jewelry and diamond broker with my own business. And I, um, I just didn't know where to go. And so um, one day I found myself lying on the floor in a fetal position like three o'clock in the morning and crawled up to the chaise lounge to, um, to watch TV. And I was laying there and a loud voice came on the TV and said, what are you doing laying there feeling sorry for yourself? You know, uh, she says, get up, you know, you're responsible for your own happiness. And that was the voice of Joyce Myers. And when Joyce Myers spoke, I felt like she was talking directly to me. And so I started to take steps, but they were baby steps. And then one day I found myself uh, driving my car. A song came on the radio, Hello by Lionel Richie was our song. And it put me into an anxiety attack. And when you have anxiety attacks, it's truly an out of a body experience. You have no idea where you are, what you're doing or whatever. And somehow I ended up in the parking lot of the church where I attended mass with my husband, but I was not a Catholic at the time. And so I sat in the parking lot probably for about an hour looking at the church and had every intention to go inside, but God directed me to the rectory instead. So I went to the door and I pounded on the door like a crazy woman begging for help. And a woman came to the door and, and she said, I said, I need help. And she says, there's no one here to help you. And so I actually collapsed on the sidewalk. Um, the Monsignor came out. He was getting ready to leave for an appointment. And when he did, uh, saw, when he saw me in the condition that I was, everything was canceled for that day except for me. So he took me in his office and he was talking to me about forgiveness and different things. Uh, he told me about the RCIA classes, the Rite of Christian Initiation classes for adults that they were having. And he said, you, uh, it's a good place to start. And so he said, not that I'm saying you have to become Catholic, but the opportunity is there for you to do so. 
So I signed up for the class. There was about maybe, I don't know, 15 of us that were in there to start. Some of us uh, were broken, or many of us were broken, I would say. But there were a lot of other people who had already experienced God's miracles and, and spoke about them. And I went, boy, I need some of that, you know. So for me, um, you know, trust was an issue, especially finding out that the entire marriage of 15 years was a total lie. Trust was a big problem for me. But when I went into the, the classes, that's where I found peace. That's where I found hope. And that's where I began to learn to trust again. So that was, that was the beginning on that. And then I actually ended up becoming a Catholic and sitting perpetual adoration at my church, which is, um, which is which was in a chapel, which is basically a one-on-one -on -one with the Blessed Sacrament. And so every Thursday from 11 a.m. to noon, I sat there and I started writing in a journal, Dear God, Hear My Prayers. And that's pretty much where the huge connection came in. And then one day I said, I wonder what he would say to me. So I turned to the back of my journal and I wrote, Dear Janet on the top and Love God on the bottom. And I said, Empty lines waited patiently while I waited anxiously to see if it was crazy or profound. And about after half an hour, my hands started to move. I wasn't aware of what I was writing. The, the words came to me through my head, my heart, and my soul. And it's interesting how God is because I can read that first letter today. And it was like it was written today. It, it was like it wasn't written, you know, 18 years ago, 19 years ago. And it's just amazing. And I never, I never looked back. But one of the letters that, um, that really had brought me closer to God was one that he wrote to me June 18th, 2004. My book was not published in 2018. But in the letter from God, he said to me, know that I have chosen you to do a special task for me. One, I don't want you to take very lightly. One day you will write a book. And when that time comes, we will write it together. And through our words, you will bring many people to me. It'll be a great success for you, but a greater success for the lives that you've touched in bringing people to me. And I will put the right people into your life to make it happen. Of course, my reply was, really, Lord, I was in Mr. Fox's remedial reading class in the seventh grade. Surely you could choose someone besides me. And he said, no, I chose you. So anytime that I struggle with something, anytime I question myself or lack confidence, especially in the midst of a pandemic and also being part of the unemployed world right now, where I was part-time as a travel agent, I just remember those words. And so I feel like I have a huge obligation, but consequently writing to God in the journal and having a, a thought process that my mission is to help others get through their pain, um, it's not something that you take very lightly, you know, and I'm enjoying it because the focus is not on me. The focus is how can I help others heal? And the way you help others heal is introducing them to God's word. Amen. Oh well, my God. <laughs> you didn't expect that with you. <laughs> That's very interesting that uh, we share a lot uh, of um, God incidences. Um, Joyce Meyer taught me a lot through her television mm -hmm. program. She's an amazing woman. I can remember when she was teaching on we are righteous only because of the blood of jesus christ mm. and 
it took me quite some time to, to get that down till I actually believed it. But, you know, um, I'm Protestant and I prayed one day to say, I have a good friend that was a sister, a nun. And I said, God, are you God of the Catholics or God of the Protestants? He's God of, God of, God of us both, isn't he? Yes, he is. He certainly yes. is. He loves people. He died for people. And I write a post every morning called Good Morning, Beautiful People. Um, God loves people. And it's interesting that uh, you shared what you did this morning. In your book, uh, God Promised Me Wings to Fly, there's been some times that you felt that you weren't flying. Your healing came in... Uh, it was a process. It didn't happen instantly. It no. was a process for you. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, well, basically, I was afraid. I was very afraid because for me, you know, in trying to discover, you know, like, why is my husband dead? You know, what's, what's happened? I don't understand anything. Uh, in my cold case that I kind of set up and put together, and, and at the time my son-in-law was a police officer, and he was even assisting me in trying to find out different things. And then uh, some of the things that I discovered uh, scared the heck out of me to the point that I just had to stop because at one point I feared for my life. I know it sounds like a, a soprano story, but you know I discovered that he was uh, connected with uh, crookedness in the law enforcement. And so that scared me. I think um, what I found um, out in a crazy way, but I found out that um, that he was um, got involved over his head, that he, uh, uh, if he didn't get caught, he wouldn't be dead. But I felt that he, he was in a position that someone was going to take his life and he wanted to take his own life. You know, so the fear, you know, so then what happened is I just started traveling around the world and, um, and, you know, I was gone for months just traveling and visiting friends in Switzerland and every place else. And finally, my daughter said to me, mom, you have to come home sometime. And so for me, um, the church, the, uh, the adoration that I sat in talking with people starting in that community was the safest place for me to go. And uh, finding my happiness, I mean, it's, um, it's almost like you had to pretend, pretend that you were happy and then you would be happy, you know, for that. So um, it's been an interesting ride, but I think my, my message for anyone that's going through any challenging times, especially in the midst of a pandemic is, um, we're going to fall down and we have to get back up. But the only person that we can really 100% rely on because we can't just rely on ourselves is, is God. And he's the only, only one. So, I mean, a lot is coming out of this pandemic in the way that families are getting closer together. And I believe that a lot of people are getting closer to God because the, at this point they're saying, who, who can I turn to? Who can I turn to that's not going to turn me away? Who can I turn to that's not going to make fun of me? Who can I turn to that will give me hope in what seems to be a hopeless situation? 
And so I just rely on him every day. I talk to him all. It's like he's my BFF in a sense. So I, uh, um, I, you know, I, I enjoy my conversations with him. Amen. I love how you said you did your journal. Um, I'm a writer as well, and I love to, to talk with God in the morning. So for me, it's, it's first thing in the morning. And um, I like to talk, so I have to work at listening. Um, so I like what you shared about um, how you did your journal. We know that people are losing hope today. Um, our prayer is that they would come to know Jesus. You know, in John 10, 10, he says, he come to give us life and life more abundantly. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how that his heart is that no one perish, no one. And today we know that there's people that's involved in things that aren't good, but God is only one prayer away and they can come to him, ask for forgiveness of sins, and he will help them get on a better path. They don't have to take their life. They don't have to, um, they don't have to end anything other than the life that they've been living, but come back to Jesus or come to Jesus. Come to Jesus, Um, yes. Can you expound on that a little bit? Um, you know, one way that I can explain to it is having the opportunity to publish my book. Several years ago, I went to the International um, Publicity Summit in New York with a lot of other authors where we had the opportunity to present our books to uh, TV, radio, podcast, and magazines. And when I was there, I ended up um, meeting someone who owns a uh, a Christian company, uh, Crown City News out of Sacramento. And I spoke with her afterwards. And for whatever reason, um, in talking with her, I said to her, one of the things that bothers me, and I don't know why, uh, is in regards to veterans. Because veterans, uh, you know, they protect our country. They have a purpose when they're work in the service. But then they come home and they don't feel that they have any purpose. And I often wondered how you can have two people that can come home from war, maybe with the same injuries, maybe they both lost their legs. What's the difference between one strapping on prosthesis legs, running a marathon and becoming a a huge difference in other people's lives and the other sitting in a wheelchair, becoming an alcoholic, a drug addict, a martyr, and eventually committing suicide. And I truly believe that the difference between those two people is the difference in their connection that they have with God. Because again, if, if you take someone that's in a wheelchair and if you have that thought process in your head, the same way God had written the letter to me, like I chose you to do that, then you, know, you can weather any storm. You never have this, woe is me. Why? Why did this happen to me? Why did it ha- could it happen to somebody else? Not that you would wish it on somebody else, but it's not like why me? And it's like you know why not me? You know. So if I feel that I have been a chosen one, and and I feel it in my head, in my heart, and my soul, I feel a responsibility, and I think that's where the healing truly begins. We we cannot heal ourselves. It it just doesn't work that way. Now, you started something uh, new with the uh, veterans. Talk to me a little bit about that. Um, Is it the nonprofit that you started? 
Uh, well, it's not a nonprofit that I started, but one of the things that I did is I, um, in, in having the opportunity to um, work with veterans and having a passion to help them, you know, I just look at it like no life should end. It needs, it needs another chance to go on. In searching the veterans and veteran suicide, you know, I feel that my, my mission is to help other people whose lives have been touched by suicide, whether it's someone who has tried to commit suicide and decided to keep their life, you know, and make it better, or someone uh, who's like myself, who is a, you know, the person left behind, you know, for suicide on that. But in discovering with veterans, there's on average, probably the average is much higher now because of the pandemic, I'm sure it is, but on average, there's 22 veterans that commit suicide every day, 660 a month and more than 7,000 every year to do that. So what I did in living in the state of Florida is I actually have become friends with Barry Roberts, who is the state chaplain uh, for veterans in the state of Florida. He has 320 veterans beneath him who are chaplains, and he oversees over a million veterans in the state of Florida. So my goal, and he has one of my, and what I did is I, I was interviewing veterans to tell their story, and one of the veterans that I interviewed was a woman who's considered to be a gold star mom, and a gold star mom or dad is someone whose child has committed suicide. And in talking with her, she told me about a man by the name of Howard Barry, whose son committed suicide. And Howard started a demonstration like any time that they would have veteran gatherings. Uh, like for us in Florida, we have a Vietnam miniature Vietnam wall that travels, that they make a display of 660 flags to represent the lives lost in one month. So in talking with my sister, she said, oh, I've seen a collection of flags like that, but I never knew what they meant. So I thought what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna design a flag that when someone sees it, they'll know exactly what it means. So I have the 50 stars on the flag, but I've taken 30 of those stars and, uh, and added the colors of purple and turquoise because that's the colors for suicide prevention. And on 30 of those stars, there's a number 22 and the 22 times 30 is the 660 lives that are, that are lost every year. And then I have uh, two bands of turquoise and white in there, and it says stop 22 veteran suicides a day. So I've had the opportunity to get it to Washington, D.C., and it was in line to be presented to President Trump in consideration to be the face of his new prevents program, which is the president's roadmap to empower veterans and end a national tragedy of suicide. But in the midst of everything that's going on, um, it's on a back burner and may not even make it to the burner. You know, it's just so much is going on there. But at least for me is from a state level, that's where I'll start here. And then hopefully with the help of Barry Roberts, we'll be able to take it nationally because he's a strong advocate on uh, veteran suicide. And so once he's able to get out there, then I'll be doing some traveling with him. Wow. Wow. That's great. We know that as I had quoted earlier um, from the Holy Scriptures in John 10, 10, God has come to give us life and life abundantly. When we started, you started to talk about happiness and, and choosing happiness. And we know today that God has a plan for every life. Um, there's not anyone that he doesn't have a plan for. And he also has 
uh, a plan B. If, if you've gone wayward, you can come back and he has another plan. Um, he said in his word that all things work together for good right. for those who are uh, called according to his purpose. And we know from those holy scriptures that um, he died for uh, all mankind. You know, we like to think, Janet, maybe we're a little more special, but we're all special to Jesus, right? right? Everyone is a little more special. Um, People are his favorite. (laughs) Um, I meet people every day that um, just need a little bit more hope. And we know that it's in, in him. And so uh, it was a great, I had a great opportunity to meet you at um, that writing conference in Florida and um, love your book and know that it would help a lot of people. Tell me where um, can people get your book and what if they wanted to uh, contact you uh, personally? How do they do all that? Uh, my website is Um On that page, you can reach out to me directly. You can purchase the book through Amazon. Uh, there's a link on my website. However, if you contact me directly uh, for the same price of well, just $19.95, uh, I will send you an autographed copy of the book, you know, to do that. One of the quotes, it's my quote that I have in there, and I think it's one of my favorite quotes, not just because it's mine, but it's in God's silent words, he promised me wings to fly, come hell or high water, I'm going to hold him to his promise. You know, and and the other thing is, is I say that there's no way in hell that God would make us go through so much pain without having something wonderful on the other side. And we may not know what that wonderful is. I mean, for me, for whatever reason, ever since I've been eight years old, I wanted to live in Florida in a yellow house. And when I was eight years old, I had no, I did not know anyone who lived in Florida and yellow was not my favorite color. But right now I live in Florida. I got halfway there so far, but I don't live in a yellow house. So for me, I know there's more. But an interesting thing that happened to me because as a fine jewelry and diamond broker, I had my own business for 23 years. Um, I ended up um, in the 2007-2008 when we had the recession. Um, I lost everything in that. I ended up having to uh, file for bankruptcy. I lost my house. I ended up moving in with my daughter, which I thought was just going to be for a year, and it ended up to be three years. And after three years, it was like, get the heck out of here, you know. So I left, um, you know, Uh, not on very good terms. Fortunately today, you know, it's wonderful, but it took us a while to kind of get there. So what I did is I packed everything in a truck and I thought, you know what, if I have to move out and where I was living was a high rise condo, which was probably the ritziest address in Wilmington, Delaware, you know, at the time. And so because I lost my house, um, I didn't want to do anything less. And that's why I said, you know what, I'm just going to move to Florida you know, to do that. And so, but, but it's interesting because I had opportunities to possibly sell my house to get out of it, but I was too much in my comfort zone for that. So the fact that I lost my house didn't bother me because I look at it like God said, okay, I've given you all these opportunities to go and you didn't. So now it's my turn. So I looked at that as, as an added plus. 
And so what I did is I uh, put a lot of things in storage, took some things to my daughter's house, but I remembered the maintenance man at our church who I had never met, but his house burnt down. The only thing he had was the shell. And the only insurance that he had was on the shell of the home and nothing with the contents inside. So I caught up the Monsignor and I asked him if um, the man is still in need of furniture and stuff. And so I called him up and he said, oh, yes, I would do that. So I went around my house and I put orange stickers and said Felix on them here, you know, looked at him for a week, took it down, you know, and everything else. So he and his wife came over. And after they went through, I mean, I gave them things like washer and dryer, garbage disposal. I figured if I was leaving, I wasn't leaving much behind, you know. Uh, uh, color TV, dining room table, two wall units, chaise lounge, custom furniture, custom draperies and everything, right? So I go into the kitchen and I had all of my dishes lined up to give to her. And so, uh, and then I had a pan on there and she went, oh my gosh, is that pan mine? You know, something as simple as a pan. And I said, yes. And she says, oh, we don't have any. And I said, you don't have any pots and pans? So I just reached in underneath my cabinet and I said, here, just take it all. I said, one day I will move to Florida and when I do, I'll just replace everything. So when I said, well, we even have cups and saucers here. And so she says, he says, oh, thank you, but we use mugs. And I said, you know, I've got a lot of mugs in the basement. You know, and I said, I'll bring them up, you know. So two days later, I brought them up and I'm looking at all these mugs and everything. And I see one of the mugs, my husband and I would leave love mugs for each other every day, you know, with a little private message. And then I came across two mugs and one of the mugs had the name Tony on it, which was my husband's name, Tony. And I thought, they don't need this. So I just put it aside. And then two days later, Felix comes with his son to help him break down all the furniture and take it out. He said, Janet, I'd like you to meet my son. He's very strong. And he said, and he will help out. And he said, I said, oh, nice to meet you. What's your name? And he said, my name is Tony. And I went, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, so the concierge and I looked at each other with eyes wide open, you know, like this and everything. And so I said, well, Tony, I've got something for you, you know. And so when I went upstairs, I found the mug and I gave it to him. And when I gave it to him, it was like me giving him a piece of myself, which is very interesting. And then we all just cried there, you know, and I look at that as a really true godsend. But it's interesting because when I was finally moving and I was driving to Florida and following a friend who was um, driving the truck with my furniture and stuff in it and everything, I don't even remember the trip from Delaware to Virginia because I was crying so hard. And I was looking for any sign from God to say, you know what, you're going to be okay. Because I was scared to death. I'm leaving behind a daughter who wasn't talking to me at the time. Um, I did come to Florida and I found a, um, a job. I did find a house, but then right be two weeks before I was supposed to move in that house, I get a notice from the people that said that they wouldn't rent it to me because of the bankruptcy. I went, oh, great. I said, now I'm like all dressed up and no place to go, you know. So then I found, went to Zillow and I found another house on Zillow. And then I asked my sister, because I have one sister who lives in Florida, to go over and look at it. And uh, I said, can you take a picture of the backyard? Because I knew it had water. So it looked like it was in, insect infested or something like that. So I said, no. So I didn't do that. So now I'm like seven days from coming to Florida. And so I went back on Zillow and I found a great house that had, you know, has a water view and everything. And, um, and I needed a house for me. It was important because I lived in apartments and condos and stuff. So living in a house was very important to me. And so I 
was going to rent that. And then he came back and he says, no, I can't rent it to you because of your bankruptcy. So I wrote him like a three page letter and told him everything about me and stuff. And so he said, okay, first month's rent, last month's rent, security deposit, you know, and everything else. So I said, fine. So driving to Florida, I was looking for any sign from God to say, you're going to be okay, you know? And I found nothing, 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 nothing. By the time I pulled up into the driveway, I was a basket case because I was scared. I felt alone, you know, I'm, and the, for the first time on my own, I'm going, you know, no one has my back, it's mine. So I get to the house and um, with my friend and we go outside to look at the water, which looks like a little slice of heaven to me, you know, cause I've got amazing birds that come and everything. And when I went out there, I saw a cross, a metal cross in the water. It stood about three feet tall and next to it had a swan. And I looked up and I went to God and I go, you put a cross in my backyard? You know, and for me, I found out that the owner had placed the cross in the water for the birds to perch on. The fact that that white swan was sitting next to it, it was just the message from God. They couldn't have expressed it to me any better. And so with, and it, when you go to my website, JanetGrilloAuthor.com, you'll see that that picture is the main picture on my website. And those are the things that keep me coming back. Those are the things that I know I'm not alone. Amen. Amen. He said he will never leave us nor forsake us. Right now, and he hasn't. <laughs> I always like to end my broadcast with prayer. Would you pray for our listeners today? Yes, I would love to pray for our listeners. And our, our viewers, actually. Thank you. Our viewers, yes, actually, yes. yes. Okay. Um, dear Lord, I thank you for this great, great opportunity with Angel. And she truly is an angel. She was named um, perfect for the mission that she's undertaking. Um, I thank her for bringing the opportunity to me so that I can express to you the pain, not only the pain and sorrows that I've had, not only how many times I've fallen down, but also how many times I've had the opportunity to get up. But I know in my heart that I never got up on my own. I know in my heart that the only way that I get up each and every time is knowing that God's hand is pulling me up. I know that many of us are going through a lot of struggles right now, especially in the midst of the pandemic. I know that many of us have lost hope and confidence in ourselves. But know, uh, as I know, and I feel that you may know too, when you sit down and, and you look at the situation um, and step out of your body in a sense and look at yourself without judgment or emotion, know that what we're going through right now is what we're supposed to be going through. Know that God wants all of us to come to him and know that uh, there's a lot of good that's going to be coming out of this pandemic and know that you are worthy, that know that you have been chosen by God if you've been going through suffering, that you not only have been chosen to go, to go through this, but you will get through this. And know that if you put a purpose behind the pain and know that that purpose is for you to survive and become stronger and help other people, then that's how God will help you. Uh, I ask that all of you pray for everyone that we recover sooner than later and God bless. And I'm here for you. If you ever want to call, just reach out to me through my website and I will definitely be there for you. Amen.
Amen. Well, thank you, Janet. And thank you, viewers and listeners um, to this broadcast today. And tune in again for another broadcast of Destiny Moments. Thank you. Starting each morning with the Word of God can help empower you and bring focus to your life. In her devotional book, Good Morning Beautiful People, Angel Murchison brings you Angel's Prayer of the Day to provide you with a year's worth of daily inspiration. She shares her own experiences to illustrate how God can work in anyone's life to turn disappointments and struggles into greatness. Available at Amazon, your local bookstore, or call 1-800-473-5106. That's 800-473-5106. Six.